down at Cajun Field, baby! Tuesday night and absolutely takes them to the woodshed 41 to 13. Welcome to Rage and Review. Matt Miguez here, Jerry Abair, and the very enthusiastic man about town, Josh Jagno. 12 hours later, boys, how y'all feeling? How could you not be enthusiastic? That was, I don't care what anybody says, that was probably the Biggest beatdown, most thorough performance we've seen at home, I don't know, since Texas A&M? I'm not trying to be hyperbolic, but name a time where we walked into a big game and just thoroughly dominated the opponent, also despite an awful officiating crew. You know, I don't know what to do with my hands right now. Ricky Bobby. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what to do with my hands right now. I'm still. I'm still in awe of everything that happened last night. You know the the one the one the game I keep going back to is the 2018 home game against Arkansas State. That was a very good Arkansas State team with um, Kirk Merritt and Jonathan Adams and Omar Bayless at the receiver. Uh, drawing a blank on who their quarterback was. Back in 2018, um, Hanson, Justice Hanson, uh, and that game they were they were on our level that year in 2018, and that game was a battle for the West Division like it is every year. And I can rem- I think the final score was 52 to 48. We just kept trading touchdowns and touchdowns, and it was close all game long. Um, and I think that's the, that's the last time that we had as good of a performance in a big game, but a thorough beat down like last night was like, like you said, I don't think it's happened to stay in Look, I'm still like, I'm, I'm not being facetious when I say that I'm still in awe of what happened last night, not only because of the way we played. I thought that really what, what it proved to me was, you know, this was the team that was hyped as a preseason top 25. Uh, I thought this was the team we talked about in the offseason that could have gone into Texas and won. I think finally it took six games or half the year to do it, but I think finally this this Cajun football team, I think last night we saw this Cajun football team play to their full capability 
of what we knew they were that they could pull off like since the beginning of the year. Um, you know, App State, I mean, let's be real, man. They're not used to a, a loss like that to anybody. Even playing P5 competition, that is not something that that is that they're used to. And for for us as a conference opponent to do that, you know, uh, it's one thing when you go, I know they've had a loss. I think they lost to Miami by 35. I want to say they lost to some other P5 by a, a decent margin years ago. Oh, I think Michigan uh, put some revenge on them, I think, in 2014. But for another conference opponent like the Cajuns to do that, it's it's unbelievable. Uh, I mean, look, that App State team, I, 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 you know, I was I was pointing out players left and right. I really have respect for their program. I have respect for their team and their players. You know, guys like Chase Price, Nate Noel, Thomas Hennigan, Corey Sutton. I know Cam Peoples didn't play last night, but also him as well. Those, all of those guys have a chance to play on Sundays. They're that good. Um, and this Cajun defense just shut them down, man. Shut them down. You know, you don't see many Sunbelt schools with that type of talent get and just get shut down like that. So, turnovers, you know, we got man. But I mean, yeah, I mean, we got a lot to talk about, but I, I'm still. I'm just I have I have the biggest smile on my face right now. I'm still in awe and just so excited for what we did last the, night and, and what we can do moving forward. The turnovers that we forced last night was incredible. I mean, the plays that we were able to make, the fumble recoveries, the two picks that that we were able to force. I mean, you know, we we've talked all year leading up to this game about how much of a better passer Chase Bryce was than both Zach Thomas and Taylor Lamb. And that was a question mark for us going into this game. But everybody that I've talked to, and I've even said it myself, you make the kid uncomfortable, he's going to make mistakes. And that's exactly what happened last night. That first fumble, as he's fallen to the ground, he tries to shovel it off to his to his tight end or whatever, just to make a play. Like, no, you got to eat that sack. You know what I enjoyed the most about that play? I think it was, he tried to lateral it to, uh, to Nate Noel, I believe it was. And was, okay, maybe. And I think it was, was it, was it, was it Percy Butler that recovered that fumble? Yeah. Okay. I don't know if you guys noticed, but because the fumble was on the other side of the field, the way Percy recovered it, Watching the student section's reaction to that explode, how they explode. I've never with, seen with just, anything like that in Lafayette. That was so awesome to see that, and that's when we knew on the home side that yeah. it was our ball. The, the, the student, student section was wild. That, oh my gosh! Look, that that brought back memories of when I was a student. You know, 2007 to 2011. I mean, you know, to to have that type of turnout and that type of energy. The, the red zone brought it last night, man. They brought it. Have you seen my, my buddy Reed Broussard, who's on the homecoming court this year, and he's in the he's in the SSO. We, we were talking about this game, and he told me, he said, man, look out for the signs. And they brought it. I mean, dude, appetizer state, having the Yosef picture with crackheads under it. That was like, funny. Dude, that's, that's good stuff. Look. Last night, the attendance is a whole other topic. I don't want to get into attendance before I address what Jerry said about utter and complete domination. 
We didn't need the damn turnovers. They were nice, but we didn't need them. That the defensive line completely shut down their running game. They made Bryce, uh, well, they made the App State offense one dimensional. Bryce showed his lack of game experience. Now I know he's played; he's been a starter for five games now, and I understand that. But he made some inexperienced quarterback decisions. The lateral was one of them. Two hundred and eleven yards on offense given up by defense. Our defense, four turnovers. Uh, and I would say two of those were forced. Prob- I'd say three of those were forced. But we didn't need them. We ended up winning the turnover battle by only two. It was still utter domination. You made the comment, Jerry, about App State not being used to losing this way, right? Well, yeah, that's true because they've never lost a conference game by, by uh, more than 26 points. We beat them by 28 points last night. They never lost... Uh, They've never lost twice other than Georgia State, like Big C and those guys told us. They never lost by uh, twice outside of Georgia Southern to any school in a conference. We just accomplished that. I would like to see what their road numbers are for how bad they lost the game. We're talking about just games. I mean, on the road, they've been a good football team. They travel well. So, man, there's so many things to say, but... The defense, Patrick Tony had a plan. They executed the plan. Farad Gardner was outstanding. Chauncey Manack showed up in a huge way. Everybody was so good last night. Eric Guerra was so good last night. Percy was great last night. Uh, McCaskill was everywhere. Now he had a couple of bad penalties that, you know, kind of hurt us there in the second half or in the, at the end of the second quarter. That wasn't great. But when, when App State really tried to stick their foot back in the game, we just kept slamming the door, kept slamming the door. I wanted to really get in the defense for a second right there because they deserve a huge shout-out. Braylon Tronhaw, super good last night. Um, but, but really, the front seven, man, they just came to play. It was awesome to see. This is the team that we expected. This is the team that went to Ames, Iowa and shut down a Big 12 offense. This is the team that we thought were going to walk into Austin and kick, kick, to, kick Texas's ass. This is who we were looking for. You know, I, where have they been? It doesn't matter now. They're here. We're happy. I couldn't have had – you couldn't have scripted that game any better. Yeah, I think also, too, to add on to that about the defense, I, 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 I had said it whenever uh, uh, AJ and Big C came on towards the end of the interview, and I had said it about the prediction. I was looking forward to seeing what – I was looking forward to seeing this matchup at the line of scrimmage. I think anytime the Cajuns go up against App State, there's always a battle at the line of scrimmage. And the Cajuns dominated the line of scrimmage last night, especially oh, yeah. on defense. To that point, what was an- 0 for 11 on third down. App State yeah. offense was 0 for 11 on third down conversions. That is a mind-blowing stat. This is a team that went to Marshall and went up and down the field. That's a, de- that's a decent defense. This is a team that should have beat Miami. They were a drop pass and a missed field goal away. 0 for 11 in a conference football game. Oh, this was a team. Look what they did to East Carolina first game of the year should have won that game destroyed them oh yeah i'm sorry they did they they destroyed destroyed that game yeah they they beat them they i think they beat them by the same margin we beat uh app last night and so i think what really stuck out to me was how and i said it before the game you know chase bryce is not zach thomas even though he has a rocket arm he's not a dual threat quarterback like thomas was you know he's not going to take off and run he's going to sit in the pocket and make throws which i thought we had an opportunity to put pressure on him not only did we put pressure on him, we made him uncomfortable. And we, you know, we sacked him a few times, but you can tell he was making some back foot throws. 
He wasn't able to get set uh, in uh, many plays. He wasn't able to really get comfortable. Uh, there were some times where he scrambled, you know, and rolled out and threw some bad throws. You know, you made a quarterback that has NFL potential uncomfortable. And that, to me, is what really stuck out on the defensive side. Uh, Nate Noel. I was very nervous about Nate Noel. I told my parents who were at the game last night when in, his, in, his, in the first drive, their first offensive drive, I said, that guy can play on Sundays. He's that good. After that first drive, we pretty much contained him the rest of the way. That was surprising to me, not because I didn't have confidence in our defense, but I thought he was going to get his, and he didn't. We contained Nate Noel pretty impressively. I got I to gotta reiterate, Josh, like you said, man, props to Coach Patrick Tony and, and his staff in this, this game prep because they earned, their money, they earned their paycheck last night, man. That defensive performance, I, I would even say it's better than Iowa, the Iowa State game. I it think is better. this was a better defensive performance it, than it, Iowa it State. It is better. There's no doubt about it. This is, the best, this is the best full, complete game we have played in the Billy Napier era. Because even when we beat Iowa State, we didn't play well offensively. This was a total. God no. This was a total football game, dude. We just took the standard of the Sun Belt since they walked in here in 2015, and we bent them over our knee and spanked them on the ass. That's what we did last night. Yeah, um, the, the couple things I want to touch on. Number one is Cam Peoples hurt. He has to be because he he didn't get a single carry last night. I was very surprised about that. Um, I'm not sure. I, I didn't because App State because App State was very secretive about their injuries. Yeah, they were. Yeah, he had to have, um, he had to have been hurt because he didn't get a yeah, and, he, and he never played. Um, right. A couple things I want to talk about looking at the team stats. Third down efficiency for us was much improved. Eight of fifteen last night. Um, much improved from so far this season. One big, you know, obviously we won the turnover battle. They had four. We had one. We dominated the time of possession. We had 37 minutes of of ball control. That's substantial. The biggest thing, though, to me, stupid penalties, man. Nine penalties for 97 yards. I mean, granted, the refs were god-awful. Worst officiating crew I can remember. Honestly, they for were, both sides, horrible. I mean, clueless. Clueless. How many times did they throw a flag and then huddle up to discuss what the penalty was for? <laughs> Once like, if you don't, if you don't know what the penalty's for, put the flag away. Like, I mean, like what at, are you at, throwing a flag for then? At one point, I was convinced that somebody called down from the ESPN offices and said, "Hey, keep App State in this game. We we got to run advertisements because, dude." It was a bloodbath, and all of a sudden, here come the laundry. Here come the laundry, keeping these right. drives alive. Yeah. Looking at the box score, Chase Bryce, 15 of 26, 133 yards, no touchdowns, two interceptions. Uh, like we said, Nate Noel was their leading rusher, 17 carries for 44 yards. And Malik Williams was their leading receiver, six catches for 38 yards. On the other side for the Cajuns, Levi Lewis, 15 of 25, 209 yards, one touchdown, and one interception. I'm going to stop right there. Good. Let's talk. On paper, this was the worst game of Levi's season. However, stats don't freaking matter. This was, uh, I'm even going to, I'm even going to say this. 
Last night was the best game of Levi Lewis's career. When people talk about Levi, you know, oh, well, he was 21 of 25 for this many yards. Just look at last night and look at his stat line and look at the way he played. And then come back and tell me, well, is that 21 for 25 or whatever? Was that a better performance than what you saw last night? It brings up this interesting topic and an interesting discussion. It's not all about stats. Yeah, I come on here every week, and he'll be 22 for 27, 21 for 25, 250 yards, three touchdowns, and I'll say, he didn't play well. He didn't play well. People get mad at me. Last night may be Levi's best performance, and it's for sure his best performance in a big game. It's for sure his best performance in a big game. And when you look at the stats, nothing jumps out at you. A pick and a touchdown, 209 yards, 15 completions. I'm telling you, it matters when you hit the, the big pass, the timely pass. The balls to Kyron Lacey, the ball to Stevenson Jr., the ball to Mike Jefferson, those balls set the tone for the rest of the game. It allowed the running game to come in and just sit on App State. It does not matter that he went 15 for 25. He was poised. He stepped up in the pocket. He made good decisions all night long. There are two balls that he probably wants back. There was a third down ball that he tried to force to Jefferson that should have been picked. And then the touchdown uh, in the north end zone corner that he didn't throw to the back shoulder that got picked at the end of the first half. I mean, really, at that point, it should have been 27 to 3, and you could have grabbed your keys and walked out and went home because that game was a wrap right then and there. Outside of those two throws, Levi was what we need out of Levi. They performed, or he performed the offense that Napier wants him to perform. They executed at all turns. I mean, they did everything they had to do to win that game. A couple of deep balls covered intermediate balls. We saw uh, Pierce Meagle sighting. We had Johnny Lumpkin in the mix. Everything we talk about when we come here every week and talk about this stuff execute over the middle, hit the tight end. Let, let's, let's hit the passes when we need to. I don't need him to go out there and be 42 for 50 for 500 yards and five touchdowns. We don't need that. That's not our offense. Last night, Levi came to play. And for all my buddies on Raging Pageant and everybody who's mad at me for picking App State and, and you know being critical of Levi when he, de when he deserves it, hey, he did what you guys thought he could do last night. So be happy about that. I sure the hell am. I'm glad I was wrong about that. I did not see this. Nobody saw it, if we're all being honest. Nobody expected this. But... I, I will I will say I was dead wrong. We came to play. I don't know if we were just holding back for the first five games of the season. I don't know what it is. But look, dead wrong on Levi for yesterday, dead wrong on Napier, and dead wrong on the team. Couldn't be more happy to say it. Ali Micro, 100%. I said on this podcast, and I said it in my Underdog Dynasty article, App State was going to win 45-31. Everybody. Yeah. Look across Vegas. Look Ali across – Everybody thought that this was an App State win. If you compare, if you compare the Cajuns and the and the Mountaineers based on how they've played to this point, that was, I mean, that was the the common knowledge. I mean, that that's what everybody thought. The conventional wisdom, right? We the Cajuns came in and blew App's doors off. Amazing, but it was not expected. I don't care who you are out there. It wasn't expected. That's why it's so great. Well, if you look at the Vegas numbers, you don't go from being favored by one point to being a five-point underdog in a span of two days. That, I mean, that, that right there tells you what the public thought about this game. They thought about the perception as far as who was going to win. Everybody thought the game was, was apps to lose. I think what stuck out to me about 
Levi that that I saw last night that I haven't seen from him is straight up just confidence, confidence in his decision making, confidence in his ability. Agree. Uh, I have some I have some things that I, I wrote down as far as you know, and I'm gonna go. I'm gonna I'm gonna you know talk a little bit about each one real quickly. The doubts we had about Levi the first five games, the throwing down the middle. All right, passing the ball down the middle, exposing the middle. The second play from scrimmage, he runs a play action to Kyron Lacey, airs it out, goes up top, beautiful. But here's the thing. Outside of the Georgia Southern game, he really never stepped into his throws that quick. He was very quick on his decision-making on that throw, and it really set the tone for the offense, okay? That set the tone for the game, all right? So one thing he did do last night was he did throw down the middle, and he stepped in his throws, and look, you got to give credit to the offensive line on that. Because they opened up passing lanes, which allowed him to step in, see the field, and make those throws. But the other half of credit goes to Levi because he was confident, and he, and, and he didn't force anything, but he wasn't afraid. He didn't hesitate either. So he stepped in and made those throws. So he exposed the middle of the field, and you saw what happened with our offense, right? The second thing we had our doubts about was how he hesitates. Do I run? Do I run backwards? Do I throw? Do I do this? Do I do that? He was very quick on his decision-making last night to the point where the one, the one that stuck out to me, sometimes when he'll roll out, he'll either run out of bounds or throw it out of bounds. That touchdown pass in the first quarter to Kyron Lacey where he rolled out, you had Peter LeBlanc on the flat that was covered. I forgot who else. I think it was a tight end that was covered. All of a sudden, he rolls out, rolls out, rolls out, throws a bullet to the back of the end zone to Kyron Lacey. And I'm just like, okay, you know, this is what I'm talking about when Levi so Lewis. Levi, hold on. When I say Levi Lewis is a scrambling quarterback, that is exactly what I'm talking about. That's what he does well. We need more of that from Levi from here on out because if he starts doing that, defensive coordinators are going, their heads are going to spin because now they're going, oh my gosh, like this guy's not only a scrambler, we only we can't we can't only stop the run, but now. We got to make sure our coverages are consistent throughout the entire play because you're going to leave guys open. So now he just exploited any defense we have from here on out making that play. But go ahead, Matt. You know, I'm really glad you brought up that that Kyron Lacey touchdown. I didn't see it in person, but I've, I've spent the morning. I recorded the game on TV, and I spent the morning watching the TV broadcast. If you watch while Levi's scrambling in the pocket, Kyron Lacey bails on the original route because he was supposed to run a crossing route over the middle. And halfway through his route, he sees an open piece in the end zone. And so he does a 180 and cuts back the other way. That's instincts. That is high-level football IQ from a freaking freshman Again, I've said it before and I will say it again. It is imperative what happens when you have a quarterback that stays confident, stays calm, and steps up in the pocket. When his pocket collapses, Levi Lewis has done it for four years now. When his pocket collapses, he runs for his life and throws it away. Last night, he stepped up when it collapsed, bought himself an extra two to three seconds, bought his receivers two to three seconds, and made the damn play. Yes, that's, that's exactly what he did. Last night, the, the quarterback that we watched last night, when, some, when I hear somebody from ESPN say, Levi Lewis has an outside shot of making it to the NFL, the only thing stopping him is his height. 
The kid I saw last night, I'll agree with. That type of performance, he could play on Sundays. I agree. It was it was unbelievable to see, and you could see a totally like Jerry mentioned this. It was a totally different confidence that he had. He 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 was fearless last night. Even I don't know if you guys remember this, but he he scrambled for it was like a seven or eight yard carry, but he stiff armed a guy. He wasn't yeah. running out of bounds. He was running with a purpose, and that was another thing that we haven't seen. But you know, one thing is why we were so potent last night is because we used our weapons. Look at what Chris Smith did. Look at what Trail did. We talk about Kyron Lacey on a regular basis. Look look at that. I mean, he literally set the tone for the offense in the game. Yeah, I, I was I think I think we utilized the talent around us, which made it very very indicative of how our offense was able to get four hundred, you know, fifty-five yards of offense on an app state defense that has a reputation. I mean, look, when we had the black and gold pot on, you know, they were confident about the game because of their defense and, and look at what we did. Um, and, and not only, not only did we impose our will, but like when you're able to go up against a defense like that, that has a reputation for being good and you, and you go on a 98 yard drive, just the way that this, this offense clicked and to be able to do that. I mean, Think about that. You you went on a 98-yard touchdown drive on an App State defense that in the past you've had trouble scoring against. I think that 98-yard drive pretty much summed it up for our offense last night, but I was very impressed uh, with the fact that we were able to utilize everybody on that offensive side of the football. Everybody got a touch. I mean, Montreal had a great game. Chris had a great game. Imani Bailey had a great game um, on the running side. And, and look, one thing we did do is in, in that 98-yard drive, I think we ran the ball like, almost every play except one or two. So that's another thing. If you go against South Alabama, you know, we went to the passing game while we were getting seven yards of carry. We were very critical of that last night. We ran the ball. And I mean, Billy, like he stuck with the run game and look at what it did. I mean, we wore that app state defense, that front seven by like midway through the third quarter, they were tapping out. Whipped. They quit. That's what I wanted tapping to say. Tapping out. This Cajun offense made that defense quit. You made a comment about BGP, and they said this might be the best linebacking crew they've had in 30 years. They said that this is definitely the best defense they've had in five years. Well, let me tell you. We oh, kicked their shit, ass up and down the field. Wrong. I mean, these guys watch that's... their team play, and they're they're pretty knowledgeable. I, I, would, I would probably take their opinion over – a couple of professionals that I read who I thought was dead wrong on their team. I mean, that linebacking core, you know, 2019-2018, that was led by Akeem Davis Gaither, dude, that was a much better defense than what, especially what we saw last night. But, yeah, I mean, how many more different ways we can say it. We destroyed App State last night. Montreal Johnson came with his with his lunch pail and his hard hat and just bludgeoned App State's defense to death into submission last night. Now, that kid's a big old freshman. And I love the role that they've carved out for him, but he performed it to perfection last night. And you saw you saw some speed, you saw some shiftiness, you saw some just sheer power. That was fun. Imani Bailey is the ultimate X factor. He can do it all. And I love the way we use Chris Smith. I don't know if Chris Smith had some sort of a lingering injury or something, or if he just, I, I don't know what the hell, maybe he got into some catnip before the game, but he was 
unbelievable. I mean, he was electric last night. I think also too that we and I and I mentioned it before. Um, you got to give credit to the offensive line. Uh, you know, even with Rubio being injured and we had a few bangs and bruises, the offensive line last night against that App State front seven defense again that has a good reputation. We dominated that line of scrimmage with our offensive line, and again, going back to Levi. He was able to make throws down the middle because the offensive line opened up passing lanes for him, which is very difficult to do against a defense like that consistently, right? You know, they're, App State's a well-coached team. You, you would think they would have made adjustments to it, but even in the second half, um, I thought the second half, that's when the rushing attack really came out in full force. Um, so I, I really have to give credit to that, to our front five, man. That, that offensive line last night played outstanding and, best, and look, best performance of the season. It was almost like they saw something oh, on film where the old line said, Oh, we're going to eat tonight. Well, look at the holes they opened up for like Chris Smith, two of Chris Smith's. I mean, like even, even in the red zone, uh, we had touchdowns where our running backs were just walking on in, which usually against a defensive line like that, you have to like pile over the middle or lower your shoulder. There were like three or four touchdowns where they just kind of just walked on in. And, and that, that's, that's a kudos to the offensive line. And so moving forward, uh, I know we have Arkansas State coming up, but, you know, keep, keep, keep your foot on the gas, man. Keep your foot on the gas pedal. Now we have momentum. Now we saw, like, like, like Matt said, as far as destroying App State last night, you keep that momentum going because, again, even though we had apt uh, last night, the, the schedule, yeah, it eases up a little bit. But now everybody's put on notice. The Sun Belt's put on notice. The G5's put on notice. The country's put on notice. Uh, you know, look, the whole country saw that last night. I mean, on national television, right? It was the only thing on TV. So uh, I know, I know the team is as high as high as can be right now. But now it's time to keep our heads down. Do not get complacent. Don't have letdown games, and, and just keep it going because. This is something that could be very special moving forward because what I saw last night, that's that team I saw last night could win a, should win a conference championship. I, I'm just going to say it. I agree. That's a top. That that looked like a top twenty five team. I think that we finally picked a great night to have a great night. You know, we finally all the stars aligned for us for once, for God's sake. Now look, <laughs> we 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 USL the jumbotron right in the middle of the game, and that wasn't great. Yeah. But I know, man. our football team came out and dominated a very recognizable program. I can't wait to see what the, the TV numbers were. Uh, and, here, real quickly, you brought up the Jumbotron. Here's the problem. I don't know if you guys know this. If you drive by that stadium on a random Monday at 10 o'clock at night, that screen is on. Those screens aren't made to run 24-7. I don't so know. now, you know, they, they were talking about putting a new Jumbotron in with the new stadium renovation. Shit, we might have to get one sooner than that. I don't know the ins and outs of it. Just wasn't a great time to go out. But other than that, Acadiana showed up 20,000 plus. The students were electric. Not only were they, if I had to guess, I'd probably put a number around 2,000, 1,800, 2,000, somewhere in there. But they were raucous, man. They were there. They were involved. They stayed into the second half. They they made a difference. It takes a couple of these maybe to get it rolling, where it 
because we need this week in and week out on on home games. This can't be just an App State thing. We've got to get it in their brains. We need them to come to the games and affect the game. We talked about this all week. One of the reasons or one of the ways we thought we had a chance to win the game was if the students showed up and made Cajun Field a, a hostile environment. And they did that, man. And we mentioned the fumble recovery and then just the roar that came out of that side of the stadium. I looked over at Catherine and said, I've never heard that before. Now, yeah. when we were on the rail, that's a different thing. That might have been different. But as a spectator, I have never heard that type of a roar out of the student section. It was awesome, man. The environment was awesome. We spent a lot of time kind of doubting the promotional efforts. And I still think they got behind it too late. Still my opinion, and we'll talk about that more in the, in the episode next week. But Acadiana mostly answered the bell. Students answered the bell. The, the student tailgate was litty. I went over there before I went to my spot, and it was, it was hopping over there. So good kudos to everybody involved, man. The team, the, the community, the university, the students. Like we, we picked a great night to have a great night. I made this comment last – I made it real quickly, and this is totally unrelated. Josh, did you just use the word Liddy? Look, man, I tried to tell y'all. I'm up on the, on the lingo, all right? I know I, the terms. I made a comment, made a comment to my fiancé last night. Her best friend is a mother. You are a father. Parents cannot say Liddy. Listen up, Matt. People don't die when they have kids, all right? I'm still alive, <laughs> and I'm young. I'm still young enough to say Liddy, so leave me alone. You know, I, I do want to say something. Um, you know, you no, know, Josh, you're right. I think, I think, you know, it was a full win for for all of Acadiana last night. You know, we were put on the map um, in front of the national stage. Um, student section was outstanding, and, and look, I can tell they're starting to promote homecoming already, which is in a little over two weeks away. Which that now that game, look, you go to Arkansas State next week and you dominate. You're sitting with a six and one record. You're bowl eligible. You're in the hunt. By then, you should, you would maybe beat Texas State. That should be good enough to win the West. That Cajun Field. It's a four o'clock kickoff. It's the day before Halloween, which means we should have some good fall weather. And the team to the east, to all the bandwagoners, the team to the east is off that day, I believe. So there's no excuse of why Cajun Field shouldn't be packed that Saturday. But I do want to say something to our fans. Not all of them, but. We had a whole segment last weekend about, you know, complaining and having standards and blah, blah, blah. I just want to let our fans know who have doubts and want to say, well, you see what we mean? Look, what we saw last night is what we're talking about. Playing to that type of capability is exactly the expectations we should have week in and week out. Now, that doesn't mean go beat teams like App State by 28 points every week. But you saw the way we played. You saw the way we executed. You saw the way the coaches prepared. Look, that Napier quote that we played about how we how how um, we have to have standards and you know we're still not playing to our consistency and all that. That's what he was talking about. You saw the co- he, look. The coaches acknowledged that, and they probably had an awesome week of practice, which is why they were able to put what they put on the field last night. But to our fans, that's what we're talking about, guys. We're not asking to go on. You know, we're not asking to go to the the college football playoff, but what were we all, I mean, don't get me wrong. That would be nice to do that. I'm asking, we all that. Are asking. Yeah, I'm all about it. But what I'm asking, what we're asking is to have expectations. So what we saw last night can show you that that's, that's what we mean by, by having standards, the standards of what you saw last night is a team that, that, that will be holding up the conference championship trophy. 
That's what it, that's not, not no two, two point win against South, a, 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 an overrated South Alabama team. Okay. Who lost to Texas state last week, by the way, two different teams, two different teams in two weeks. So um, just wanted to get that out also too. And I don't know if you guys had any comments on this. I got to give kudos to the app state fan base. Um, you know, uh, I know we, we go back and forth and sometimes we, we, we like to joke around, but there is a mutual respect amongst our fans and uh, I have a massive amount of respect. I think all of us at Rage and Review have a massive amount of respect for App State's program. Absolutely. But the way the way their fans took this loss in stride and said, "Look, they, the ways oh, we've getting a lot of congrats and saying, hey, man, good luck to y'all.' And you know, it just goes to show you the football IQ of their fan base. You know, obviously they're not used to this loss, but on the other hand, like they they a lot of them were like, "Look, man, y'all y'all spanked us." You know, and, well, and some of them we'll were also saying we need to think about what we're doing to head coach. And I was like, God damn. I mean, it was, yeah, I don't know about that. Really like, I'm relax. Tell but App State I'm is a, a, App State is exactly what I was talking about last week. They have that's a fan base with some damn self-esteem. They expect things. <laughs> but last yeah. night, maybe Lafayette's getting off the Zoloff. Right. We're, we're starting to feel good about ourselves. <laughs> We're getting a little. We're getting a little self-esteem. We're, we're working in the right direction. So thanks for listening to the podcast, everybody. Yeah, and I just want to say to App State, to App State Nation, the Mountaineer Nation listening in, uh, you know, thank you for being cordial about everything. Obviously, we're very happy with the win, and it's re- it's really a respect to the App State program because again, we're like to to beat a team like App State like this. Um, it just it's it's a compliment to us, to our program, to be able to pull that off. But it's also a compliment to App State because again, they're not used to this. And it's really, it's really just goes to show you the standards that they have. But also, I'm just going to say this, and I think both of you can chip in or chime in. Look, last night we were enemies. From today until next Wednesday, we're 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 standing right next to you on the battlefield. Okay, Wait, let me I'm, let I'm me say. Go ahead. Let me one up you. Let me one up you real quick. You, right, you said you said you said next Wednesday we're going to be we're going to be. Like teamed up, right? Yeah. Obviously, Rage and Review fans can't see this, but we'll talk about it. I am shopping for an App State T-shirt to wear next Wednesday night. Look, App State fans, program, everything. That game's in Boone, right? Yeah. Yes. Show up and crush the chickens. Just yes. embarrass them hey, off of the national God. scene because that's what they deserve. They're frauds. They are such a fraudulent entity. Everything about them. Uh, oh, my God, dude. From the, from the haircuts we would, we would to love. the damn running from the Sunbelt Championship, I hate every fiber of their being. The university should be discredited. It should be, they should have no, no license to operate in South Carolina. Get rid of them. Wipe them off the face hey. of the national scene. I'm just going to say to Mountaineer Nation, man, like Josh said, show up to the rock. We know you guys are going to show up. Your fan base is loyal. You're very passionate. And I know, I know last night wasn't up to your standard, obviously, but, but one thing about App State, you guys always find a way to bounce back. And if there's any week to bounce back, look, Cajun Nation, we got your back. All right. Look like we, we got your back here. All right. App fans, please, for all that is holy, please beat Coastal. Beat them. Look, we're going to be yelling and laughing. You're going to hear us cheering for you in Lafayette, okay? Please be coastal, okay? Um, Embarrassing. That, that we are. team needs to be they, – they need to face a reality check that, you know, and, and need to be humbled. And if there's anybody that could do it, it's you. So, 
go mount from here on out, go Mountaineers. Please beat Coastal. We would we would love nothing more than to welcome App State back into Lafayette in December. Would love nothing more. I agree. And it's gumbo weather. And it's gumbo weather by then, so we'll feed you some gumbo too. That's right. We'll take care yeah. of you. No question about it. Boys, anything else before we get out of here? Uh, today's just a great day. That's all. It's a great, it's always a great time to be a Cajun, but man, it's a great day to be a Cajun, but, um, it's always a great day to be a Cajun. That's right. But today it's extra specially great. It's, and and look, we're going to, we're going to talk about extra specially uh, great sometime this weekend or sometime. So I know the next game is a Thursday night game, but, uh, you know, look again, keep the foot on the gas, man. I know Arkansas state's not quite up to par with what we played last night, but they're 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 a rival, you know. They're a rival. We're very familiar with each other, and they're going to be up for that for that game in Jonesboro. Jonesboro's a tough place to win at. So, um, I hope this team understands. Let's not get complacent. Keep the foot on the gas, and let's keep rolling. No question about it, Josh. It's some music. We getting out of here. Uh, Raging review. You know where to you know where to find us. Twitter, Facebook, at Raging Review. You can find the podcast, Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon Music. You name it, it's there. We'll be back later this week to preview Arkansas State before that game next Thursday on ESPN two as well. Cajuns are five and one. We kick the shit out of App State. Everybody have a good rest of your week, and as always, go Cajuns.